You are listening to the TV Soup Podcast. We are talking about Better Call Saul, Episode 9, Pimento, on the Drink 5 Network. for another beer I just want to give one more shout out I'm just finishing up the Hailstorm Jesus Toast American IPA and uh, boy is it freaking phenomenal I don't think we've decided if it was a rye IPA American IPA or Belgian IPA according to the website uh, an American style IPA recipe fermented with a Belgian sorry a Belgian yeast this is a typo there it's not belgian uh, the beer is loaded with hops in the kettle and heavily dry hopped. Notes of apricot, citrus, and tropical fruit abound in the flavor and aroma. Yeah. The malt base was kept, kept simple to let the hops and the Belgian yeast uh, characters shine through. So I don't think that it's a rye IPA. Um, but so, it does have a good malt. So base. it's an APA style uh, with Belgian influences. Uh, very, very good from Hailstorm in Tinley Park, Illinois. And what brings us here tonight, Jay? All right, well, tonight we are here to talk about Better Call Saul, Season 1, Episode 9, the penultimate episode of the season, entitled Pimento. Um, so I uh, know that, uh, just on a side note, um, it seems like the penultimate episode to good TV shows is always a really good episode. Game of Thrones kind of set the standard every year having like a crazy-ass thing go on. Uh, I'm I mean, sure I think you it's been going on for before longer than that, that. Um, but they've made it popular recently, anyways. Uh, so, did you have really high expectations going into this episode? Yeah, it, it, like you said, it has to set up the the season and the series, at least so far as it is, to uh, to get into something uh, to bring us to the finale. And in this case, as I'm sure we'll talk about. It definitely stirs up the emotions in Jimmy, which is going to make him go out on a limb and do something. Right. Oh, definitely. And I wonder what the hell he's going to do, because at the end, you're not really left with a cliffhanger. Not not a typical Vince Gilligan cliffhanger, anyways. Well, it, it's open-ended, and, and we get... Uh, we get to see Nacho in this episode, but it's sort of unrelated. However, it's unrelated within the context of the characters that we already know. And you have to think that that this season finale is going to end up being all of those people together somehow. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I think because they knew that season two was going, they could possibly take some of these uh, lines and not worry about connecting them right away. And let that stew in the off season, so to speak, and uh, you know connect in season two in a much more profound way. Well, maybe, but we'll still see all of these major players still developing their plot lines as uh, as they get ever closer together. Yeah, there's not too many people in the show. It's not like Game of Thrones. Uh, I think we'll touch on everyone again next week before the series, uh, you know, checks out for the season. I think you're too into Game of Thrones right now. You keep bringing it up. 
Well, Game of Thrones is coming up. I'm in the middle of my Game of Thrones rewatch. It is I, a, a different show. I promise to stop talking about Game of Thrones tonight. If I do, I will drink. Okay. I'll drink for that too. I mean, I I like that show too, but it is a, it is not this show. Um, soon enough. Absolutely. Soon, Dave. Absolutely. Winter is coming. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, you start the episode out, and it's like one more scene to just kind of drive home the point that. Uh, Jimmy just wants him and his brother to have a good relationship and he wants to help his brother. You know, he's got him outside and he's sitting in front of a transformer outside uh, on a bench. Like, you know, and Jimmy's like, take your shoes off, feel the grass, like see how nice it is to be outside. Um, And it's like, it's almost just there in a, you know, in a tonal point just to be like, Everything's nice and bright and cheery right now. And the end of the episode is totally different. Well, like, after the uh, previous episode, uh, I, I had thought that perhaps something would be going wrong with, with Chuck as far as, um, you know, maybe he was not able to handle the outside stuff, uh, etc. But it actually seems like he's getting better. And better in the context that he's able to go back to work, even though he still exists inside of this prison of uh, electromagnetic fear that is psychological, based on what we've That's seen. That's a good way of putting it: electromagnetic fear. Yeah, based Instead on what of we, calling it an allergy or something like that. Well, it's not because we've already seen that it doesn't exist. Right. Uh, so he's he's a little crazy, um, but. But we see in this episode that although he kind of comes out of the box a little bit, uh, he still has these these things that he believes in his heart and the ulterior motives that are not playing along with what Jimmy uh, would like to have happen and what are in his best interests. Because Chuck um, is ultimately, although he seems to be a good brother on the surface, not really um, viewing Jimmy at the same level uh, that he's on. That's very true. And, you know, it's sort of hard to see that because Chuck is presented as such a nutso character throughout most of the series, and Jimmy is the sane one. Jimmy is the one who seems smarter, but, you know, you never really get to see... Maybe they'll make a prequel to this where, like, Chuck is a badass lawyer. I hope they don't do a prequel to this. (laughs) Prequel to a prequel. (laughs) So Jimmy gets a day in court, and he's uh, battling Schweikert in court over, like, a petty... um, What was it? A restraining order. Which Chuck thought all along that was just sort of totally besides the point, and they would never win. Right, and you know that's kind of like the first trickle. But Jimmy's loving it. Jimmy loves the because uh, he's fight. winning, right? And it, it's really kind of a way for Schweikert to say uh, to sort of you know falsely build up his confidence before really giving him the proper smackdown that he wants to give him. So while he's gone, they deliver all these papers. Um. They uh, realize, Chuck and Jimmy realize, that you know the, court, the case has gotten a lot bigger than the two of them can handle. Jimmy sort of wants to you know, tackle the paperwork head on, and uh, he says, Aaron Brockovich, the shit out of the case. Um, which is an interesting uh, point, because Aaron Brockovich is not actually a lawyer. She was a legal clerk and a um, you know, very smart woman, but not actually a lawyer, which is... Uh, spoiler alert, kind of how G- 
Chuck sees Jimmy. Exactly how Chuck sees Jimmy. Um, so, anyways, Chuck has to uh, make Jimmy see reality. And that's very ironic because Chuck currently cannot tell reality uh, right now. Like, he thinks that electricity is poisonous to him, essentially. Um, but I, I like Jimmy's reaction at the end, right? Hail Satan, I submit to the dark side. And he decides that they're going to give the case over to HHM because there's just way too much work involved and they can't do it. So, obvious, I mean, it, it feels like the right decision, right? But maybe, look, it's a TV show, but don't you kind of think in the back of your mind, maybe he should have taken it to a different law firm? Uh, at this point, I mean, since he started the case with Chuck already, it's, it seems like the only option. That's true. I suppose they would have like forced their hand when they realized that Chuck had uh, built some hours to it. Even if he tried to take it somewhere else, it seems like it would it would ultimately boil down to like those that code. It seems like there's always a reason for for something to be in the show. And in that case, uh, the fact that he was the one putting his billing code in, he was talking to Kim, and everything came from HHM. Like uh, that seems like enough information for the show to give us saying. It, it can't go somewhere else. But I don't know. I mean, anything's possible. Uh, what what it does really tell me is uh, something interesting, which is that um, the guy that we start hating from the very beginning of the series, which is uh, Howard from HSM, right. doesn't necessarily... He's not the one necessarily that, that didn't want Jimmy to work there. He's not necessarily the bad guy that we thought he was. Uh, he was just sort of doing the bidding of the partners and the partners and specifically Chuck. Chuck is probably a senior ranking partner so to Howard. Howard may have not cared if Jimmy came on board at the beginning uh, and certainly now. It's really more about what Chuck wanted and, and they really pound that down in this episode that yeah. maybe it isn't anybody else other than Chuck. Chuck is the reason that he is not working there. I like when we see Chuck actually stabbing his brother in the back when he's making that phone call. You know, he's doing all that stuff, and, you know, Jimmy brings it up later, like, that must have killed you. All that, that phone right up to your ear. He's wearing, he's outside, huddled around the mailbox, wearing a space blanket, and he has oven mitts on his hands. He's just, and he's still a crazy person, and he's doing this to his brother. It's, you know, it's sort of just, uh, multiplies it right but it makes sense too i mean everyone knows people in their lives that believe this in this kind of methodology um you know if if you don't go to college for for this specific thing and learn about it and grow up in the industry you shouldn't just be able to start a company and you know step over somebody else who's been in the industry for years and years like that's not how people want that's not what people want to see right and there's um you know Like, Howard is a guy that I hated going into this episode because I thought he was the guy behind everything. And now I find out that that's not the case. I wonder if if maybe he was actually arguing uh, that Jimmy should have. Howard may be more pragmatic. He may say, hey... Like, this is a huge case. Maybe we should take him in. And you have Chuck uh, sitting in the boardroom telling Howard, I'm very disappointed in you. And every, like, both of them know exactly why that 
that Jimmy oh, yeah. is exactly. stepped into here. And I was rewatching it today and I noticed like subconsciously maybe he was making faces behind Jimmy. Because Jimmy's so animated, he's so into demanding a reason out of Howard. And how, whenever Chuck yeah. said something in the back, he's just like, you know, he's like his shaking lips, his head at the same time. His and lips curl up. And- yeah, like, oh man. When you when you know to look for that sort of thing, and the, the actors actually deliver that all the way along, uh, it's very rewarding. I almost want to go back now and watch from, you know, when we first saw that Jimmy should have been a lawyer and see, like, you know, the way that Chuck reacts to all those things. If if the series does it right, or the movie does it right, or whoever's writing the script, then you know the motivations for that character and what they want in that scene. And, you know, that's the right way to do film. Uh, because then the character, as an actor, you know exactly uh, what their emotions are in that scene, what they should be, what they're thinking. Uh, and that's what a lot of actors ask um, you know, of the producers or directors, I feel like there are some TV series and some movies where the 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 writers, the directors, they don't know the right answers. But thankfully, in this series, they do know the right answers because they're already aware of where Chuck stands at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. if you were to go back and and watch all those episodes, you'd probably find that there's going to be a little bit of a twitch, uh, you know, in Chuck, and that's on purpose. Whenever Jimmy is talking about something as related to HSM or him being a lawyer or whatever, um, but it does make you wonder, kind of, like what? Why? The- why Chuck even started to work with him on the case in the first place? Uh, because if he really believed that he wasn't a lawyer, etc., then why would he be winding him up like that? Well, maybe he wanted to get the case underway and give it to HHM. Maybe that was his plan all along. It seems he that still way. works there technically. Look, I, I, I've always thought he's kind of a crummy guy, uh, and and I hope that we don't see very much more of him in the future, especially because Jimmy has sort of just disowned him in this episode. Oh, entirely, yeah. He said, uh, I brought you some bacon, some steaks, some gas, and uh, I'll never see you again. Right. So we will get back to uh, Jimmy and Chuck in a minute. I want to talk about the B plot line in this episode for a few minutes. Uh, Mike is finally able to be the badass Mike that we all knew from Breaking Bad. In fact, he's probably more badass in this episode than he ever is in Breaking Bad, right? So they're in the parking garage, and he's, you know, they they have the funny, like, lineup where they're all standing there. And then this guy comes in who's all loudmouth, and that's actually the guy from Grand Theft Auto. He's dressed like the guy from Grand Theft Auto. He's armed like a guy from Grand Theft Auto. It was a very fun, like, wink and a nod. And, uh, of course, you know, he's talking. He sounds just like the guy from Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, what you packing? A pimento and cheese. Uh, or pimento is a cheese. They call it the caviar of the South. Um, but Mike is so, like, calm and cool. Um, and, you know, the guy who they pick up, uh, who picks them up, who is their employer, is um, clearly, you know, many steps behind Walter White when he fucking started out, which was just like a total retard as to what was actually going on. This guy is ridiculous. Um, so they had a lot of good, you know, in a very heavy episode, they were able to insert a lot of comedy into this scene. I find this show interesting for multiple reasons. Over the course of the show that we've done on this show, 
I have uh, I have not been a fan of Chuck, but I realize that you know he's there just to drive Jimmy away from him, which makes sense. Uh, I just wish they hadn't done all the foil blanket. You know, it's not necessarily necessary. But uh, regardless of that, I, I do understand the reason behind it. Um, about Mike, uh, it, it seems like there's like this whole other show inside the show, which is just kind of like Mike's uh, past. Um, this sort of film noir kind of thing with him and like now especially you know getting these jobs and uh, and why he's doing it the reasoning behind it the 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 money that he's making what is that going towards um, probably just you know his uh, his daughter-in-law uh, and and the kid yeah uh, but it's just kind of weird Um I, I do like it, but I think that it has to connect somewhere with me in this next episode. So uh, all this stuff that Mike has done and all the stuff that Jimmy has done has to collide. Uh, they have to either be working together or somehow connected or Nacho has to be in there or, or something. Uh, otherwise, there's, there's too many concurrent storylines that aren't necessarily working together. They're just concurrent. Um, yeah, that's definitely what's happening right now. And then, and they touched earlier, um, but I would imagine now that Jimmy is free from working on this big case, uh, you know, that case may not go anywhere now. It may just sit there. I what, suppose. What do you mean? Like Jimmy might not do anything with the case. He might not give it to HHM. You know what? He should. Well, he needs money, and he said right. he was going to. And whether or not he does, we'll see. But he said he was going to before he realized. But now he knows that it's not just it's not Howard that's the problem, necessarily. Right. We don't know if Howard also doesn't want him to be there, but uh, we assume based on the conversation that he has with uh, with Kim in his office, you know, shutting the door. Uh, he gets very emotional about it. Like he doesn't want to give up the secrets of what's going on. And then he finally closes the door, and you assume that he probably tells Kim that it wasn't his decision. Right. and Because he doesn't want to completely alienate her because she's a good lawyer. Right. She's a good person, and you know he. I think part of it is that he's just kind of getting tired of covering for Chuck and taking the, the fall for... Uh, you know, being a bad guy. So we find one of the one of the cool things about any TV series, which is uh, here's the redeeming qualities of of a person that you thought was bad all along that maybe is just playing his role. In he's the, the Jamie company. Lannister of the show. I'll drink yeah, for that. He's pretty much pretty much Jamie Lannister. Stop talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> he's blonde and everything. Come on, it works. Well, he has both hands, so you know. Spoiler alert! But uh, regardless, I do. Howard Hamlin's going to get his hand chopped off. <laughs> I, I do think that uh, that Howard is not the bad guy that we think he is from the beginning, and I like these kind of turnarounds. So, in one fell swoop, we get from Vince Gilligan. Here's this this guy who we thought was good, but is bad. Here's this guy that we thought was bad, but could be good, and uh, and here's Mike who we thought was good in quotation marks who is doing bad things. And uh, the whole theme of the show uh, overall and uh, and from this episode and all the ones throughout is basically, at this point, um, sort of what, what Mike uh, said in the van while he was driving back with, um, you know, what was the name of the guy who did the... Oh, you know, he, he said his name was like Percy or something like that. He's <laughs> okay. like, that's not my name. That's my nephew's name. Yeah, whatever, Don't use your real name. Whatever his fake name was, this guy. Uh, but Mike basically tells us what the theme of the show is, which is that 
you can be a criminal and you can you can be either good or bad. Yeah. You know, you and you can be uh you know, on the right side of the law and be good or bad. Yeah. And so the whole theme of this show so far at least anyway, uh is that everything is gray regardless of where you happen to stand on the law between uh you know, legal and illegal. It's also um what Mike says is do you keep your word? You know, Mike you know, his whole point in that conversation is it boils down to are you someone who, you know, will live up to your word? And he forces Nacho to pay that extra twenty bucks to live up to his word. Yeah, he he does well as 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 both comic relief and also as uh, exposition and uh, also as a, a character that they use to to build the show. Um, so I, I understand why they use Mike. I think he's a really good tool. He's yeah, yeah, definitely because he's. Very much sort of this straight guy that you know where he stands and where that is is wherever he wants to stand. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of chaotic, uh, chaotic good. Well, if, if we're talking about like Dungeons, <laughs> we're gonna have the alignment chart. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Uh, so he's he's really um, he's not against doing things that are against the law as long as they're not things that are intrinsically bad to the people that are maybe he's neutral affecting he's neutral good (laughs) (laughs) well uh so so i do like that i think that's neat i I think that he adds a lot to the show uh but like i said you know you have to remember too that he's sort of existing on this parallel storyline and he only sometimes meets up with jimmy so it's almost not just the story of of jimmy mcgill it's also the story of of mike it's it's both of them existing concurrently yeah uh and that means that they will meet up at some point because they have to that's i'm sure at some point he'll when when jimmy becomes more of saul well, if we're that building, he'll be working with him more. If we're building this, then then that means Nacho will meet up with uh, with Jimmy, and Nacho will have something to do with this pill thing, and somehow Mike and uh, you know and um, and Jimmy will meet up and discuss this or, or talk about it or know yeah. about it somehow. Yeah. So all of what you're seeing right now should come into fruition, if not at the end of this season, then certainly. Throughout the next season, I'm thinking that the goofy guy who's stealing the pills is going to get in trouble, and Mike's going to refer Saul to him. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, he could be the beginning of uh, his sort of uh, um, Breaking Bad. But uh, well, I think we saw the beginning of it. Really, was no. in that conversation with Chuck. So at the end of the episode, no, he's just he's just pissed at his brother. I mean, that doesn't mean he's bad. I know Chuck is telling him he, you are. A Chuck is Jimmy. telling him he's bad. He's like insisting it. Of course, but but Jimmy's still a good guy. He still has not done these bad things. He's he's redeemed himself in every situation. He has not done anything yet uh, to make us think that he is this bad guy. Right. He's he's probably the best guy in all. Maybe of this. maybe Saul Goodman isn't really a bad guy. Maybe Jimmy just needs to start over after all this, and that's where Saul Goodman comes from. Uh, sure, but but yeah, I mean, he's not doing anything that is that is bad. He's not he's not really doing anything yet. 
uh, if he does hook up with uh, with the criminal elements in the next episode or throughout the next season, um, you know, maybe we'll see that. I if we maybe we should take one of these episodes to talk about what Saul does in Breaking Bad and how that could you know like relate to these previous episodes as far as the Better Call Saul series. Right. Um, but it's I guess you could look at it as though he's not really doing anything bad in general because he's he's just representing people that are bad that's true i mean obviously in breaking bad he certainly helps some people do some very bad things yeah which which steps across you know the line um so no, we'll the same see. time he's trying to save his life I, he always is <laughs> constantly save his neck yeah so you know chuck comes at him pretty hard uh Berating him, not berating him, but like... Slipping Jimmy with a law degree, it's like a chimp with a machine gun. That's a great quote. And that's exactly, you know, it's exactly what Saul is. People could get hurt, that's what Chuck says. Yeah, and you know, Chuck's got this respect for the law that borders on, you know, being a little too arrogant about it. Because it's not like Jimmy just has a degree. I... Respect him a lot because he actually passed the bar exam. Took him three tries. He passed the freaking bar exam. You have to be accepted as a lawyer, you know, by the bar. You can't just uh, say, here I am, I'm a lawyer. Yeah, but a, a law practice can, can always keep you out. They never have to accept you into it. It's a private business. I'm, uh, yes, absolutely. The, totally correct. But and, and to be honest, the, the College of American Samoa or whatever does not sound... An online course from American Samoa. It does not sound very uh, very good. So, I mean, Chuck has some points. To, to be outright dismissive of, of someone who's worked that hard and passed the same test that you have and gone before the same panel that you have to be called a lawyer, uh, to be dismissive of that kind of person, I feel, is a little bit arrogant. To be dismissive of that person who is your brother, is unforgivable. And that's why Jimmy has to disown him. Well, there you go. So uh, so Jimmy and Chuck may no longer have a relationship, uh, none of which we see, of course, in Breaking Bad. Whether or not Chuck still exists, we have yet to find out. Uh, it could definitely be uh, a point in a later season, or maybe later in this season, that he doesn't exist anymore in a mortal sense. Uh, but uh, those those kinds of uh, of thoughts and feelings, I, I read a lot of uh, of people's opinions about how they thought this season would go, and a lot of people thought that it would be something similar to this. But I don't think anyone actually thought this. So uh, so that bodes well for uh, Vince Gilligan and uh, the continuation of the series. That people aren't coming out with the um, the the things that the writers are are putting out there. That they aren't thinking up all these twists and turns before they make them, um, it it bodes well. Yeah, I think that you know this season has definitely been unexpected, unexpectedly good. Even though everyone I think had high expectations, they were sort of thinking, oh well, this was going to be a comedy, but now it's a drama, so maybe it's just not going to be that serious. But you know, Bob Odenkirk in those last two scenes, the scene with Kim in the salon, the scene with Chuck was just it was phenomenal 
Well, it's, so it's, good. it's difficult for people to go from slapstick physical comedy, which he obviously does in the previous episode, talking about the dumpster and stuff like that, which is just silly, really. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Because, I mean, he could have just gone right to the recycling bin. I mean, but but the point is, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy is smart, but he's a dope. And so uh, Chuck's point is sort of well taken by some people uh, because Chuck is smart, he's, but he's a dope. I mean, uh, I, I get that, that, that like Chuck wouldn't want Jimmy to work for HHM, which is this really established place, because uh, Jimmy is a mess up who still has not proved that he did anything right. And although he passed the bar exam and he graduated from school, they were not really like accredited, you know, established yeah. things. He's not like a lawyer in the same terms as uh, as Howard and Chuck are. So I, I get it. I understand it. I get when he says that he's dangerous. Yeah. Totally. I totally understand. But as his brother, he should take it. He should make it his responsibility to teach him how to not be dangerous with it. Because Jimmy has all of the charisma that Chuck doesn't. Chuck doesn't know, like, what limits are on that. Like, how how influential well, we that can become. We don't know Chuck uh, before this disorder. We assume that We've Chuck... We've seen, like, two scenes with that. Yeah, you're totally right. We assume that Chuck is a charismatic, like, figure. No, I don't... know. The two scenes that we saw, he did not come off that way at all. He doesn't have the personality that Jimmy has. Jimmy can be friends with everybody. You know, like he says in the courtroom, old people love me. You know, that's not Chuck. Chuck doesn't know what that combination can do. That's part of the monkey with a machine gun. Or a chimp. Whatever yeah. animal it was. So the, so the point is, uh, he, he could do any number of things, good or bad. Uh, and he's unpredictable and random and, and is kind of like a chimp with a machine gun. So I don't disagree with Chuck. I mean, I kind of have to take his perspective here. I think you put you put Jimmy into a situation where he is a lawyer, like a high-powered lawyer in a high-powered organization, and, uh, you know, God knows what's going to happen. Well, see, I don't, you know, you're not, like, handing Jimmy the keys to the law firm. That's the problem. That's why I don't like the way that he's treating him. It's not as if he's, you know... Automatically making Jimmy a partner or giving well, him the problem is that is, is that Chuck isn't like uh, you know why don't we set you up somewhere else? He's not trying to help him at all, right? Because He's only hindering him. Well, but but then he helps him during the case. Yeah. I mean, he's his, still his brother. Like, he wants him to do well, but he I think he just wants him to get money. He's like, you're not really a lawyer. He's like, you know you're not a lawyer deep down. He's like, why don't you just take the money and do something else? That's why he was fine with the elder law. It's like filling out paperwork and submitting it and, you know, double-checking your work. But see, I kind of agree with Chuck. I mean, I mean, Jimmy's writing demand letters on toilet paper. Like, he's not a real lawyer. Come on. Hey. He's not. Right, but Jimmy knows the law. He's the one who f- discovered this case. He has case. to ask Chuck everything. Chuck is the one that made this case for him. Chuck assembled the the pieces of paper. Chuck put things together. Chuck was sitting in the meeting. Like Chuck did all of it. Jim, Jimmy discovered a case. Chuck made it a case. Like a real case. Well, Chuck couldn't do it alone. Jimmy needed they they needed each other to make it a case. 
Yeah, that's fine. But but you know how this works. I mean, Chuck is obviously one of the most respected lawyers out there based on uh, these other respected lawyers thinking that he is, is this godsend. Uh, you know, you saw how the, the guys that came in from this big corporate sandpiper uh, organization, right. they looked at Chuck like he was the most amazing lawyer they've ever seen. They were, you know, so impressed with him. So there's something to this. I mean, you have to understand both sides. You can't just discount someone. Uh, and I, I get it. I get it. Jimmy doesn't like his brother because his brother is not uh, looking at him as an equal. But he's not his equal. I mean, let's be honest. Going to the College of American Samoa and passing the bar after the third attempt is not the same thing as like graduating with honors and, and getting through the bar with no problem and becoming partner at a law firm. Those are not the that, same things. I mean... You're not an equal. And he wasn't asking to be an equal. He was asking to be accepted as a lawyer. As somebody who could work with them. And, you know, they're... they're, they're uh, HHM has, has high standards. Uh, and I don't think that... that I think it's Jimmy pretty clear that the only reason the brother of a partner didn't get accepted is because the brother said... Because the other thing is... okay. No, no. If you bring that kind of case, that kind of quality case to a law firm, they're going to bring you in as a lawyer. That's no problem. I understand that. Right, right. In the end, yes. I'm, I'm sure five years ago or whatever, when Jimmy passed the bar, you know, it... But if it wasn't for Chuck, he wouldn't have had a case. And yes, See, the I, thing is, Chuck is either going to say yes or no. He's not going to not have an opinion on it. Well, he's not going to change his mind, right? So if Chuck were to say were, were to have been supportive of it, he would have been a lawyer with them from the get go. The only way that he doesn't become a lawyer with them is if Chuck says no. I'm just asking you to understand both sides. I get it. I mean, there's always two sides. Always to everything. Not everything. Absolutely everything. I mean, there's facts. Sometimes there's always two sides. Always, if there are two people that think there are two sides, there are two sides. If there is an issue, there's two sides to it. It doesn't matter what you think. There are still two sides to it. There are still a side that one person believes and a side another person believes. Now, however, however you put that, you know, whatever pedestals you put, somebody could have, you know, seen the actual thing that happened, and somebody could have made the whole thing up. Facts are not as important here, especially between... Here, no. Especially between and two some brothers. issues. It doesn't matter. There's still two sides. There's always two sides, regardless of whether or not it's factual. There's two sides to an argument. There's two sides to anything. Not anything. Tell me. Tell me something there's not two sides to. Uh, gravity exists. Well, if you're talking about gravity as as the uh, the the theory of gravity, you know, two plus two equals four. There there are things that like someone may retardedly argue against it, but, but Jason, you're wrong. I mean, mathematics could be proven uh, incorrect uh, some somewhere down the road that that we are not actually factual 100 percent with everything we think. That's an irrelevant hypothetical. Okay, so. There are always two sides. It doesn't matter what you think is true or false or what you can prove to be true or false. There's still two sides to the argument. And maybe one can be proven false. There's it's still a side. It's still true or false. That's all I'm saying. Granted. Okay. Yes. Anyways, um, I thought this was an excellent episode. 
I am excited to see how the season ends up. Um, and I really hope that uh, Bob Odenkirk gets some sort of nomination. So let me get an opinion from you. Uh, what do you think will happen in the finale? Oh, man. I had a really good idea of what might happen in this episode in terms of, like, I, we, we spoke about it last week. I thought that Chuck was going to get better. Um, I didn't think that Chuck was going to be the one who was, you know, crushing Jimmy's hopes and dreams. But uh, so you- going forward, I think that we're going to see um, Mike. No, no, no. I think we're going to see Jimmy need help from Mike. Because of Nacho. Just to, you know, if we're just throwing it out there. Uh, so, what, to, to kill Nacho? To no, just... I, I don't know. Just help. Maybe he needs, you know, Mike to vouch for him. Maybe he needs Mike to be a, a protector for some reason. Maybe uh, Nacho gets in trouble. Uh, and he's still pissed about what happened with the Kettlemans. <laughs> I hope they don't come back. Oh, God, no. I don't see how they could, really. But maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, and the Kettlemans don't need to come back for him to be mad about it. No, they don't. Uh, I So I, I sort of agree with you. I think that you will see uh, Nacho and Mike and Jimmy collide in this next episode. I'm not sure exactly how or why, but it, it has to happen, I think, because of the way that the, the series has gone. The way they brought up all these people, they had their individual storylines, uh, and now we know all about them. Character development is at a high point, so smash them together and yeah. and make something happen there, but don't resolve it. Right, and I think that what will be resolved is that Jimmy's going to figure out what to do with the case, and it's probably going to be give it to HHM and take that deal. Well, because we, I'm sure that Howard would still honor the original deal that he offered him. Yeah, we we do know that you know he. He has money. He he like starts up uh, business, etc. Uh, so he's already in business and doing fairly well. Um, By the time he gets to Breaking Bad, yeah. yeah. But but again, I mean, they could be fooling with us because uh, Breaking Bad is quite a ways away, at least so we think. For now, yeah, definitely. It's like uh, this may not be the thing that's his break. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it should be, which makes it even more obvious that Vince Gillen would be like, no. It's true. This wasn't That's it. very true. <laughs> yeah, maybe the whole thing falls through. So maybe he does uh, try to give it to someone else or just get rid of it just to spite maybe, everybody. Maybe uh, that law firm, Schweikert and... Uh, what is it? Uh, Schweikert and Coakley uh, are able to like argue that Chuck worked on the case and Chuck's a freaking nutbag. Therefore, the case has to get thrown out. Certainly possible. Um, Okay, so uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking about the final episode of Better Call Saul Season 1. I'm really excited to watch the last episode. Dave, I know you are too. Uh, Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter at Drink5. Check us out at our website, www.drink5.com. Check out our other podcast, The Retro Spectacle. We talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Where else can people find us on the internet, Dave? We're on iTunes, right? Uh, Subscribe on iTunes at Drink5 Network, also on Stitcher, and uh, any other place that you get your podcasts. And uh, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to hit us up at daviddrink5.com or jason at drink5.com. 
And we will be here every Tuesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time doing the Retro Spectacle podcast followed by a TV Soup episode on whatever we're watching at the time. So uh, thanks again for listening and uh, drink five. Cheers, buddy. 